The warmest of greetings to you and welcome to Happily Ever Teaching. This is the podcast to help you enthrall your learners in a knowledge-rich curriculum using the best teaching method known to science, storytelling. To do this, we feature special guest educators who are passionately keen to empower your children. I am storyteller Chip Cahoon, and with me today is... Hi, I'm Bex. I have got experience teaching across the primary school range, and I also have the privilege of training the next generation of teachers as well. Hi, I'm Nicola, and I have similar experience to Bex working throughout primary school age, and now actually into secondary, and also I've trained teachers in my career too. And today we are joined by a very special guest. Hello, I'm Jane Bauer. I'm a former primary teacher and uh, a teacher trainer too, specialising in drama and the arts. And we're very pleased to have you, our listener, with us as we explore personal social health and emotional education with the incredible true wartime tale of Jane's grandfather. So for all the fun and effectiveness of story-led learning, let's don our finest hats, sprinkle some fairy dust and hang Hang tight to our magic carpets as we dive into this week's story. During the Great War of the early 20th century, Corporal Herbert Bauer bravely leads his troops over the top of their trench, but the blast of a shell leaves him lying in agony somewhere in the middle of no man's land. He cries out for rescue and soon hears boots stomping in the distance, but then Worrying thoughts start to cross Herbert's mind. If they were coming from the British side, Herbert would be rescued. They would carry him back to the British trench. He would return back home. He would be back with his family again. But if they came from the German side, they would point a gun at his head and... That would end his story. The sound got louder. Stomp! 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 Now Herbert could just about see the outlines of the soldiers against the night sky. Their silhouettes. But he couldn't tell what colours their uniforms were. If they were green, that was the British uniform. So he would be saved. They would bear him back to the British trench. He would journey back home. He would be reunited with his family again. But if they were grey, that was the German uniform. They would point a gun at his head and... That would end his story. The sound got louder. Stomp! 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 And now Herbert could just about see the colour of their uniform. It was grey. And if you and your young learners want to learn of Herbert's wartime fate, you can download our sister podcast, Fables and Fairy Tales, or search our website, epictales.co.uk, for Herbert's War. There you'll find a video of me telling the story that you can share with your children. And if you're an epic educator, as of November 2022, you'll also get the story as a paperback, gorgeously illustrated by Ellie Booth Bentley, which should be with you just in time for Armistice Day. Don't worry if you miss that, though, as you can also order the book from any bookshop, including Amazon, and Epic Educators can access the ebook and full audiobook through the Epic Tales app.
Right now, though, let's begin our discussion with Bex, Nicola, and our special guest Jane here by asking, folks, did... Well, actually, Jane, this is your family story, and Bex, I know you've read it before, so let's just ask Nicola. Nicola, (laughs) did this story go where you thought it would? Yes, it was gripping. It had so many different elements to it. I loved the repetition as well about what he would do next. I loved the puzzles along the way about decisions that he would make, the fact that he he laid there with his eyes closed, hoping they wouldn't see that he was breathing. I loved the twist in the tale of the Russian doctor in hospital helping him and the fact, Jane, how amazing it is to have you with us, his granddaughter. It just makes the whole thing so (laughs) real and exciting and yeah, an incredible story, an incredible tale. And Jane's here to share with it as well. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Well, I feel equally amazed to think what my grandfather might say if he knew that, you know, (laughs) we were on a screen together (laughs) telling the children of the future about that terrible part of his life. It's a tremendous privilege to Mm. think that what he went through is now Mm. being passed to other generations. And you describe it there as terrible, but it is such an inspiring story. And I I know that's why, Bex, you're back with us to discuss the story for a second time, because it's your favourite, isn't it? It genuinely is. And I'm not just saying that because Jane's here. Um, I always say to Chip, (laughs) oh, when are we doing Herbert again? I just love the bravery and the reason in which he chose to enlist into the war effort in the first place, that whole Mm. um, wanting to keep his country and his family safe. And I just think it shows such courage because all the men who were signing up knew what they were going into particularly as Mm -hmm. it was 1916 so obviously the war had been going on for two years already so I just love the story and love the history behind it as well and I think it's that whole like Nicola was saying it's that bringing it to life for this generation who haven't had to experience that and actually the best way to tell the mystery story so I just love it you know you know I do Chip you know I love this one (laughs) It's wonderful hearing again how much it means to you and and what it means to you as well. But Jane, given that it's a family story for you, I wonder whether that has any more meaning. I mean, there's obviously the fact that were it not for some of the characters in this story, well, you you wouldn't be here to have this discussion with us, would you? Yes. I mean, I think one thing I would say is that I didn't get to hear this story at all until Mm. my own father was 84 years old. And that was only because I asked him about it. And I think one thing that perhaps we don't fully realise is that this was what we now know as the silent generation. People did not Mm. speak about their war experiences. Even my own father didn't speak about them until one day I felt, you know, I really must ask him. And so, you know, I was a completely fully grown adult when I first heard any of this. Mm. And that, in a way, makes it more special because for dad to be able to share that with me, that was something that my own grandfather could never share with me because we only overlapped by seven months. I was seven months old when my grandfather Herbert died. So, Mm. you know, it was only the fact that I asked my father that brought this story out at all. Mm. And I'm very proud of it, obviously. You know, it's affected me, it affects you, obviously, and we want its message to go on affecting people. Yeah, I mean, I'll add my bit here as well, that I first learned this story because of your show, Jane, that you did based around your father's war diaries, which I I guess is what prompted you to ask him for his war stories? 
Uh, no, uh, that was so long before I even had any idea um, of, of the show. No, oh, I right. mean, my father didn't give me his war diaries till he was 94. Um, he told me this story when he was 84. Wow, so, okay. no, I had no idea, you know, that he'd kept a diary or anything like this till 10 years after he only told me his own father's story. Ah. And he was actually going to use that story as part of a Remembrance Sunday church service. He called it uh, Grace Under Conflict. Ah, okay. And that's when I first heard it in its entirety. Mm. But he only fleshed it out years later when I yeah. really prodded for details. And he added his own experience to it. And at what point did he present the evidence? Because, I mean, even sharing this story now even talking about it like right now it sometimes feels almost unbelievable doesn't it because it is so similar to the parable of the good samaritan it's like a living version of that story it is and the strange thing about that is that i could well believe that my grandfather would have acted as the good samaritan because mm. he was that sort of person with an extremely strong faith that he lived out in action but in fact, it was done to him by yeah. the so-called enemy. It's a fascinating story. And it's interesting what you say about evidence, because all I had as evidence was my father's version of it. He simply mm. told me the story, presumably as his father had told it to him. But there was no actual historic evidence until I began digging for it, unearthing, you know, paperwork and documents and photographs that dad had kept. Yeah. And so even now, you know, I've, I've not ever been able to find any written evidence of that rescue or who those Germans were. I, I only wish I knew because I would get mm. in touch with their relatives. But, you know, such things were not recorded. They were not seen as important or there were just too many people dying to all be recorded mm. but it clearly did have a huge impact because the show that you went on to write and perform in several locations up and down the country was based on your father's wartime diaries and yet you started that show with this story with your grandfather's story yeah. just wanted to put you on the spot here and ask you why <laughs> why did you do yeah. that in a, a show that was supposed to be about world war ii when i started to look at my own father's world war ii diaries it came to me that i had to present them as a show i was driven to do that i looked at how he himself had chosen to start his own memoirs hmm. because when i pushed him for detail at the age of 84, he wrote his own memoirs. So I had two sets of documents to work from. I had the very factual, practical, brief daily diaries that he'd kept uh. in the 40s. And I had the emotional memoirs of a man at 84, looking back at what he felt rather right. than what he'd done. So the two together gave me a very rounded picture and my dad chose to begin his emotional memoirs with the story of his father. Mm. That to him was a necessary lead up to what had happened to him in the war and his attitude to war. And it was such an important part of the kind of person he became and what he chose to do in the war 
that I decided the show had to start in that way with the background. That's a really powerful proof, isn't it, of the impact that personal stories can have for us all, hearing the stories of those who go before us and the stories of others, how obviously your grandfather Herbert's experiences and behaviours and personality had very much shaped your own father lens and I, I wonder Bex and Nicola do you use personal stories yourself very often in the classroom Nicola's nodding away <laughs> absolutely definitely do you mean personal to us as well yes yeah definitely I have a, an interesting story that I had a few years ago I had a brain tumour and um, sort of got through it and had it out and so I'm, I'm absolutely fine health wise but it's been a great way of talking about resilience and about mm. coping with difficult situations and this story is in a way a, a parallel you know Herbert had so many challenges all the way through the story and how he coped and I think when you engage children with things that are personal to you it a builds a bond with children but at the same time it, it enables you to then even delve deeper in learning and share experiences and I'm not not everyone's got the same story that I've got but there are so many people that also come into schools to talk to children about how they've overcome difficulties we had that last year we had an athlete Aaron Philps who was England rugby Paralympic team when they won gold and mm. I mean he came in to talk about because he hasn't got his legs and he came to talk about how he's managed to do amazing things so I think stories that inspire stories that show children that everybody has difficult times but how you get through them makes a big impact yeah and i think there's such a place for true stories and i do use them as often as i possibly can like whether it's personal to me or stories that you find like herbert's story i love because i'd study world war one at the moment in year six and we'll be using herbert's story it's like it's fantastic to actually when you're talking to the children about what it was like in the trenches and you've got someone's account of somebody who's actually in the trenches it brings it just to life so I think it's really really important and whether it's your story or someone else's story and then to be able to say and I've also met you know Herbert's granddaughter <laughs> as well like that's how real it is and I think story stories are powerful whether they're true or not yes, yeah. because the children can always put themselves in the character's shoes and you can look at issues and themes that probably you couldn't look at without the power of storytelling. I think we talk about that almost every time I'm I'm doing a podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I think we talk about it in every podcast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's so essential, isn't it, that children can put themselves into the shoes of those people. And I think every time I read Herbert's story, I, I feel something different, which I think is just one of the bits of magic about mm. this particular story. Or true story, should we say. Yeah. Can, I, can I just add also, the fact that we've got, you know, Zoom, that technology to bring people into the classroom means that you could speak to people with interesting experiences right in your in your actual space. When we had lockdown, mm. my class were looking at the Holocaust and my uncle Paul used to travel the country with a friend of his that actually was in a concentration camp in World War II, although he was very young at the time. But he, he told his story to the children and that impact was one of the greatest lessons I've ever been part of and the work that followed mm. as well so the fact that you're here Jane telling your grandfather's story just just brings it even more alive a fantastic story <laughs> I think it's the vulnerability isn't it realizing that everybody is the same and uh, even the best 
fictional stories use that. I often say when I'm delivering writing classes that you need to have as your main character someone who's got an empathetic connection with your reader or your listener. They need to be someone who we can identify with in some way. They've got to have that little bit of vulnerability because that's probably the one thing that every single person in the world shares those moments of self-doubt or moments of fear which we can really relate to with Herbert when he's stranded out there in no man's land so let's start to explore shall we some of the specific ways you might use this story you're all teacher trainers so I'm sure you'll be brimming with ideas for how you could help your kids through a, a personal social health or emotional lesson emotional lesson that make that makes it sound like have everyone in tears doesn't it and begs do you want to kick us off with ages four to seven Obviously, I would love to. I was really, really thinking about all the opportunities to talk about feelings and Mm. how the children are feeling, how Herbert was feeling, and also to address some of those, I would say, gender stereotypes, like actually strong men don't get upset, they don't cry, they don't feel things. Often, that's what our young boys Mm. and young girls sometimes think. And I was thinking, actually, all of the opportunities that you've got to discuss, what is it like to feel scared? What does that feel like for you? What did it feel like for Herbert to feel scared? So I think so many opportunities to talk about emotions. That's definitely where I'd start with this story. Mm. Can I say that that's absolutely where I would start with Keith? stage two as well but perhaps thinking about it in a slightly different way thinking about again how he felt at different times in the story Mm. you could almost freeze frame it act as him and then freeze and how do you feel right now and what are the choices to those feelings what decision or what path could he go by from those feelings and obviously the choices that he made led him to survive even though he didn't know that at the time and and thinking through Mm. those emotions and then how can we relate to those emotions have we felt those emotions before and then role-playing again situations that are relevant to the children talking about bullying perhaps on the playground or if they are frightened how they would deal with those emotions Mm. so very much like you Bex I think emotions and feelings because it's such a well-written story about how he feels at different points that actually that could be quite well articulated and then you could think about different words not just um, some happy and sad which you might do to start with but you know more elaborate terminology that children might use Mm. different synonyms of that comes into English a bit later but you know for the words that the character would be feeling or how they would react yeah Bex in the past you've mentioned an emotion graph or an emotion tracker is that the sort of thing you're talking about here yes and it links to something I'm going talk about in English later in the week but yes so looking at the emotions of a character throughout a story and how their feelings change with the different circumstances that they're in I think this is obviously a great story to explore the emotions and also to explore the fact that even though he was worried he still went Mm. and sometimes we can be worried about things but we can still do them so it's actually our attitude when we feel something and I think we can even be looking at this with our smallest children so our children in early years you know when you're worried I think it was Winston Churchill that said fear is a reaction courage is a decision Mm. and that sometimes we just got to make the decision to be brave even if we're worried about something so if we're worried about speaking to somebody because they've been unkind to us and how we could handle those situations I think the story of Herbert that he was worried about the war and worried about the effect that would have on his family but he still went 
there's so many opportunities to explore his emotions. And the other thing was, I was just thinking about our youngest children and that often they get scared by lots and lots of different things. So whether it's the dark or monsters under their beds or they get scared of lots and lots of different things. And I was just thinking, actually, again, even though Herbert was scared, he still went ahead and did all these amazing things and looked after the people around him. Mm. And I just think he's such a courageous, was such a courageous man. Mm. And that even though he was worried, even though he was scared, he still persevered and pushed through to protect the people that he loved and the men that he was looking after as well, which I just think is amazing. I love the fact that you accidentally slipped into the present tense there. It shows just how much this story has impacted upon you. I think one of the beauties of drama and using drama as a learning medium with young children is the fact that you can explore anybody's emotion in the story, even if they're not present in the story. Mm. So having explored Herbert's emotions and what he might be going through, you could then look at what conversation you think those two German soldiers had Mm. when they heard him shouting. Mm. They must have come to a decision together to agree to take the risk to walk out into no man's land I wonder what they said Mm. and who that decision came from. Then you could look at all Herbert's men, wondering where he was. We've not seen him for three days. You know, is he dead? What shall we do? Mm. What are they thinking and talking about? And then his wife at home, you know, she's got a one-year-old baby Mm. and a three-year-old. What is she praying about, you know? So you can explore it from all angles without... The danger of real involvement, you know, drama's a way of being involved, but from a safe place. And you can do that up to a point with even the youngest children. And speaking of a safe place, I mean, this is probably also the perfect story to explore what I think is a really tricky question around this area, which is why we actually have wars in the first place. And I know that with the situation that's going on in the world as we record, it is still war between Russia and Ukraine. I know from personal experience that um, a common question from children is why you know why does this happen why are they doing that Uh, would you see this as a a path into exploring that question well yes i mean briefly i always tell children you know war is usually about a deep long-lasting hurt or a desire for something that you want back or you want for yourself Hmm. usually power or land or money or freedom These are are huge issues to talk about with young children. But I always go on to say, do you think this is the wisest way? Hmm. You know, what other ways can we think of when we really want something that belongs to someone else or when we feel injustice, it's not fair? What do we do about that? So there's a huge learning opportunity. Bex and Nicola, you were both nodding along with that. When I was reading it again, I looked back at my notes from last time we looked at the story. Mm. And actually what I pulled out this time was completely different. And I think that just said so much to me about the power of this story. Mm. And I, I wrote down the word safety and protection. And what does it mean to be safe? And what does it mean to be protected? Because obviously the whole point of the soldiers going out to fight in the war was so that they were protecting their countries and their land and and their families and their friends and actually talking to the children about the bravery of our soldiers 
in the context of the story, so in World War One that we're looking at, and also the bravery of our soldiers and our armies right now. And in some of our schools, there'll be forces children in our schools. So, mm. so we need to obviously be really aware of the children that we've got in our classes because they might be really real for some of our children, like right at the moment that you're looking at this story. And I was thinking about, hey, wouldn't it be lovely to do some activities with them if Herbert wanted to create safety for his immediate world, for his family, for the generations to come, and which he did, because like you were saying earlier, Chip, actually, Jane is here because of his bravery and his whole story, and actually that whole what does it mean to be safe to you? Mm. We can discuss that with our very youngest children, what does being safe look like, where do you feel most safe? They could be drawing it, they could be writing it, they could be creating safe spaces around the school grounds and around the classroom. I'm just so overwhelmed by the protection that Herbert wanted to give to his families and I think when you were talking about war I was reminded that actually the first world war came about because everybody had an allegiance with somebody else and it's like oh you're threatening my friend so therefore we're going to now declare war on you and because you've threatened my friend and I've got an agreement with you I'm now going to join with this person and gang up against you guys and Mm. so actually even our youngest children can understand that actually it was these agreements that the countries had between one another that ended up starting the war because they were all declaring war on one another because they were declaring war on one of their their, um, friends i think you can explore that whole friendship and actually was it right for them to declare war just because they were friends with one another and somebody else was threatening their friends so you can also explore that whole element of friendship and when it's not okay to kind of retaliate. Hmm. Similar to what you were saying, Jane, as well, there's always something to learn from every conflict. I'm always aware that I'm sitting here today talking to you because of the enemy. Mm. You know, they saved my grandfather's life. He went on to father my father and here I am. So the whole idea of exploring, you know, what is an enemy meant to be? Mm. These men were under orders to be enemies. They were told to fight each other. Clearly, those particular characters just didn't want to do that. And inbuilt in them was a desire to help. And so help and love can come from the most unlikely sources. And a big sort of thing that I would want children to somehow grasp is that if we give love to other people, we don't know what wonders that might lead to. You know, we should not make enemies of any other person, if at all possible. Mm. Certainly it coloured my grandfather's whole attitude to life. He always said, nobody is my enemy. And that was the attitude that my father took into World War II. He always said to me, all men are brothers. Mm. And I can't help, you know, having inherited that too, (laughs) because as I say, here I am. I have a life because of that attitude and of course that is exactly the meaning of the good samaritan story as well which this parallels so well sorry nicola i was going to say can i go on from that because one of the ideas i had was very much linked to what you just said jane about core values Hmm. discovering with the children what are their core values but there's so many core values that i believe come in through this story as well like trust faith love potentially forgiveness if you talk like you just said about how he actually felt and how he lived his life and i think exploring core values with children is 
is is a really useful tool because as humans we we will have some that are more important you know like family or love or trust i've said some of the stuff i'm repeating myself but um, we'll have we'll a have very core, important one yeah it is <laughs> but we'll have core values that are most important to us you could almost do like a diamond nine activity where you have some of those core values printed out and discuss what they mean and what they look like and then get the children to actually rate them which ones are the most important to them and mm. use the story as, as a point from that that helps develop children in, in terms of who they are and what they believe but knowing that Obviously, values will change depending on their experience and also change throughout their life as well. But it's a great starting point with this story. Yeah, absolutely. If I could just throw in one more thing. Postcards feature quite a lot in Herbert's story. You know, um, Mm. Dr. Figanoff wrote that amazing statement on a simple postcard, a photograph of himself, which my grandfather kept for the rest of his life and I now have. Herbert threw a postcard out of a train window hoping that somebody would put a stamp on, telling his wife that he was coming home. And somebody picked it up and put a stamp on and added a little note saying, I'm so glad your husband's on his way, and posted it in a box. And, you know, those things are so valuable. And for young children who can't write at length, giving them a postcard and saying, what would you say on this? You know, what could you say to show somebody how you felt in just a very short statement in this tiny space could be a useful activity. Yeah, beautiful. Well, we're coming close to the end of our time with you right now this evening, Jane. But uh, before we go, since you you brought us uh, onto the subject of writing and so that we've got it on record, this is my dramatisation of your grandfather's story. So do you think it's a good job? Well, what can I say, Chip? I'm not going to (laughs) say anything other than I'm absolutely delighted with it. It is different from the way that I tell it in my show, but you're working with a completely different audience and it shows the versatility of true stories of this kind Mm. that, you know, you've taken it one way, I've taken it another, and there are a dozen other ways we can take it. I'm just really very, very honoured that my grandfather's story is doing good by being spread in story form to people young and old. That's a real, real honour for me. Certainly deserves it. Well, again, thank you so much, Jane, both for sharing the story and for taking the time to be with us this evening. Thank you, Chip. That's all we have time for in this episode, folks. If you'd like to talk to us about anything you've heard in this podcast, or if there's a subject you are soon to teach that you'd like us to cover, you can find us on social media using at Teach Happily, or leave us a review using your favourite podcast app. Please also share this podcast with your colleagues and help us start a story-led revolution in classrooms around the world so children everywhere can enjoy knowledge-rich learning in a way that's effective, memorable and enjoyable all at the same time. Tomorrow, Corporal Herbert Bauer will help us teach English. But right now, it only remains for me to say cheerio and we hope to hear your story soon. So, cheerio! And we hope to hear your story soon.